Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey friends, Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 92, Leverage Your Guitar to Get Great Gigs. Okay, so how do we get better gigs leveraging our guitar skills? This episode, I'm so happy to have former student and now Songwriting for Guitar coach Brian Balanzi with me. And we get into this because Brian has owned the market when it comes to this area. And he gets into the specifics of what to start to do when it comes to the technical skills that you need, but more importantly, how do you start to network and what should you be looking for when you're trying to go after these type of gigs? We get into it all. So here we go. We're going to dive into it. Episode 92, Leveraging Your Guitar to Get Great Gigs. What I want to dive into because you are so good at live gigging because, you know, I've coached you, but when you started talking about live gigging, I realized there was very little I understood other than being in a band context. But the idea of being a, a solo acoustic performer, booking your own gigs weekly, negotiating fees, having contracts, having all that stuff lined up, I know very little. I know nothing. <laughs> Because going through it, I'm like, how are you doing this? And like, how do you how do you find these? Because we lived in the same city. And I was like, is it different? Like, what what's happened? What am I missing? Yeah, it's crazy that we were in uh, each other's backyards and mm -hmm. uh, we didn't know each other until you moved to Nashville. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's definitely an art form. It, I yeah. would say as far as booking these gigs, uh, I, I will say that what has changed though is the climate for solo artists and duos and even three-piece bands with yeah. with some percussion maybe uh, very light drumming the mm -hmm. opportunity for those acts has grown tremendously in the pittsburgh area just with wineries and breweries and small venues that it's unfortunate for bands that mm -hmm. the venues to <laughs> me seem to be few and far between these days at least for bands to make money. It just seems like there's, it's a different facet of live performing. Like they're both live performing, but there's, I, f I guess like there's benefits to having a duo, a solo person, or like a small three piece because people can still eat, hold conversations. They're being entertained. Where if you have a band that's like right, rolling yeah. up with like two half stacks and they're setting up, it's like, oh yeah. no, that's yeah. not really appealing. I could we wouldn't have enough time for me to list the benefits of being a solo artist, a solo performer over being a band performer. I mean, one is not showing up hours and hours prior to the gig to set up your gear and do sound check. And God bless all the drummers out there that have to yeah. do that. You are sometimes background music though. Um, I yeah. do a lot of uh, private events and country club gigs and things like that, where you're not going to get that attention from the audience. Like, you might at say, you know, a bar gig, uh, mm -hmm. which I do a lot of those too, but it's, yeah. but, but the, these country club gigs and these private events, these corporate events, they just want someone there for the cocktail hour, happy hour kind of thing. They call it background music, but it's lucrative. I was going to say, it's like ambience. It's just like, it's like yeah. they want that experience, but how did you stumble into this? Was it just like, how did this happen? I've been performing live since I was 15. And you may or may not, I'm older than you are, so you may or may not know, my, one of my first live performances was at a place in Oakland called The Electric Banana. The Electric And this goes Banana. way, okay. yeah, way back. I was not old enough to be there. <clears throat> I still, to this day, my parents, the fact that they let me perform there, and I went unaccompanied with uh, some of the older guys in the band, at 15 years old, it was a crazy place, but that was one of my first ones. And I've been performing live ever, ever since I was in bands through high school and into uh, college. And um, well, after college, it was always about 
being in a band. I, yeah. I never did anything <laughs> solo. Um, I never wanted to sing. I remember mm-hmm. being the only guy in our four piece band in high school that could sing somewhat sing. And so I was like, well, you're it. So, yeah. and, and I, I never want, I said, no, listen, I'm a guitar player. I want to play lead guitar. I have my Eddie Van Halen, cherry red Kramer <laughs> with my PV amp that weighed more than a house. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And, yeah. um, so I never really, um, I never saw myself as a performer, a singer from there. I never looked back and, but I was in bands all the way up through my early mid early thirties. And then my brother and I, um, he's a very talented guy, sings, plays guitar. He and I had a duo for many years. And so that's when I started, I think that would have been around the time where I started to see the opportunities to not only be in the band, because he was actually in the band I was in as well, but we okay. started to branch off and do some acoustic stuff. And it's like, I kind of dig this. This is great. Like, because it's, um, it's, it's laid back, it's mellow. You can, I mean, it's more about the vocals and, and the, and the, and the uh, dynamics of the guitars. So really enjoyed that. We did that for a number of years and, um, I, you know, he's, he's still in bands and, uh, I try to smack him upside the head every now and then and say, dude, what are you doing? But he loves that. And and that's all well yeah. and good, but we had to part ways, mm-hmm. uh, to save the brotherhood. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where he, I could tell his passions were still to sing lead and play guitar for a band. And, um, and so I didn't have enough material though, because we, as a duo, he did a lot of the lead, the singing. So I didn't have the the songs. I knew how to play parts of the songs. I knew how to sing backup vocals to some of the songs. So I had to make a decision. I was like, do I want to keep doing this? Is this what do I want to do? And um, I kind of buckled down and I was like, well, you could sit down and learn all these cliche cover songs that God, you're just so sick of playing, but it's like, so, but I, so I did, I learned some of those, but I also was like, I also want to be the guy that people are like, wow, I would never have expected to hear that song. Yeah. yeah. A cover of that song or, and then holding true to my art i i wanted to play my own music my original music mm-hmm. so um there are certain venues that lend lend themselves to playing your music and then you know on a saturday afternoon in the strip nobody's listening to my i'm like here listen to this latest song i'm putting together you know give me your thoughts <laughs> and i think for people they're like the strip so Brian is oh, yeah, not better, stripping. So yeah. it's just like for, for just, for just like context no. in Pittsburgh, there's an area within Pittsburgh that the strip district is kind of like, it's a mart. It's, it's kind of like where you find a whole lot of produce varieties. There's, there's different restaurants. It's a, it's a huge thing on a Saturday for people to say, go down a strip. Right. If I am yeah. to coin, as it's they like would say. It's like a big open market. It's a huge yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no, it's not. I, I was offered one time with a band to play on stage at a strip club. <laughs> uh, if my parents watch this, they'll say, what, what, what now? It never happened. Never okay. happened. Mom, it never <laughs> happened. But uh, just one of those things where, the, yeah, that was, no, the strip, we, it's a good thing you clarified what that. Yeah, that just is. just really quick. But it, yeah. and it is a really rad place. And, and I can understand on a Saturday, they don't want to hear original music. They just want people to be entertained while they shop because the whole, I, this is a form of service. And that's what I'm just now kind of getting just as we're talking about this, I think the difference when you're in a band and you have your original material, you're like, this is us. It's our art. And this, and we want you to listen to this. People that have you in bars, restaurants, they peri- they want you to entertain the customer so that they stay longer, buy more things and make the restaurant money. So you are providing a service so that that restaurant then can make more money. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And it's not as often anymore, but, but I, I do so every now and then you have a bar owner or a, a venue owner says, mm-hmm. well, how many people are you going to bring? And I'm like, Oh no, listen. I mean, it's one of those things where you, I'm playing an hour from where I live and it's like, I, yeah. I don't have this <laughs> fan base up there. It's kind of, it's most, most of the places that, that book me get live music regularly. They've built that up. People know there's live music there certain nights yeah. of the week, that kind of a thing. Now, yeah. The idea is to get them to come back when you're there. Mm-hmm. So that that's key. And, and you know, with online uh, promotions and things like that. But um, yeah, that's what, the, that's what you're there for. You're there to provide a service to entertain. And if you can get them all singing along and they're having fun and they're staying and they're ordering another round, that's you're, you're winning. Now, when you started to do this, did you realize there were certain songs that resonated more with certain crowds that like at first, or is it just sometimes like, 
even if you have a set and you're getting a feel of the, uh, and you're like, oh shit. And like, I'm going to pull this one out instead. Yeah. I, I do not. And I've, I absolutely want to preface this by saying, I don't have anything against anybody that uses a set list or an iPad to read their chords or read their, their lyrics. I mean, I, I do see that a lot. Um, one of the things that I kind of set out to do was if I can't sell it kind of as my own song Mm -hmm. and my own, I don't, I don't play it. I'd rather, I don't, I'd rather jack up one of the lines of lyrics and just laugh it off and keep moving. It's human. And it's, it's just when you're reading from something or you're, you're like, well, I know that the crowd's really into it right now. And I was going to go into this ballad next. That's what my set list says. But no, I, I don't use one. I 100% read the the audience. So I play, and here's the, I, you know, I probably know, I don't know, maybe 150 plus songs well enough to, to just to play them. I don't know. I don't know where, where they're stored at up there, but uh, <laughs> I, I got to be running out of room, so, but it's one of those things where I don't, there are certain ones I don't play for yeah. a long period of time. And then it's like, if you've got sort of a, if you've got a crowd that's into country, which is not, not everywhere. Um, yeah. You'll, it's like, okay, let's keep banging out a few more country songs there. They're into, sometimes you play a country song and you can hear a pin drop and everybody's. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, they, they're more of the classic rock adult contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, you have to really read the audience. I, there's very few songs that I probably play um, back to back. There, there's a couple I can think of that I connect because I'm capoed in a certain position and it works, mm-hmm. things like that. But for the most part, it's all feel. It's all just reading the room. Now to me, 150 songs so let's go off of that how do you because the one thing that i love and we've talked about this is it's dynamic control of your guitar and having the capability of making each song feel like the song right and you're not playing at one level all the way through like 150 songs they're all jangga 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 here's the next one jangga 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 here's the next one jangga like right right how do you you know what is your take, especially when dissecting a song and realizing like, oh, I also still have to make this engaging. Like right. I got to do this, like, cause it's just me and my guitar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, many of the songs I do, everybody's heard a million times. So yeah. So as far as cover songs, you just know how they go and there's that. But, but when you're doing, um, you know, a rock song, let's, I'll just uh, come up with one, like a, like a three doors down song that, mm-hmm. yeah, people that's, that's a, always a good band to cover. They've got a lot of hits. So it's like, when you do one though, when they go into the verses, I mean, that's very, it's the guitars really lay back and, and they're, they're picked yeah. out and things. But then as you're building into that chorus, you're dynamically, you've got to, you know, you start to, maybe you're not picking anymore. You start to strum or palm mute and you're kind of tapping on the guitar and playing. It's, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's like a, almost like you're, there's that build and they know something's yeah. changing. There's certain songs. If I don't know them that well, or if it's something rather new, um, mm-hmm. I have to, I listen to them it's kind of like our active listening that we do to references. I will listen to a song just ad nauseum and just to where it's just really starts to become second nature, but it's usually one I like. I, that's one thing I don't set out to learn something I really don't like. I mean, you're, Mm -hmm. yes, I can play Margaritaville, (laughs) but I will tell you, I don't play that song unless it is requested at a well-paying you know, older crowd. I'm just not, you're not going to hear that in my set every Saturday or every Friday, you know, no. You know, uh, here's an interesting factoid. So Madeline, who's one of our coaches, yeah, yeah. she loves Jimmy Buffett. Oh, that's okay. She's, Maddie. <laughs> she is, she is a huge, cause she told me this and I was like, really? I was like, J- Jimmy Buffett. He's an she entertainer. Was like, I, she was like, I'm a huge parrot head. And I'm like, parrot. And she was like, that's what they call them. Parrot heads. And I was like, no, they don't. And I looked up and I was like, they do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I went to one Buffett show. At, yeah. Out at Star Lake, you know, out in Pittsburgh. And I mm-hmm. uh, once 20 years ago, once was enough. <laughs> you you got to give the guy accolades. I mean, gr- great performer. He's built something like uh, you can't even, can't even compare it, Taylor Swift. But I'm saying like yeah. they built something. They built this following this. And it's more about the party for him than anything else. I mean, he has his own. There are three areas of retirement communities. 
that are called Margaritavilles. Because when Matt was here, we were talking about it and we just Google, and then it was like, there's one in Hilton Head, there's one in, I think, Pensacola, and there's another one. North, yeah, I and believe it was it. just like, I don't know many artists that have their own retirement right. resort communities. Right, right. But that's an interesting point. Like, if you're going to sell something, you have to also be into it because if it's just you in a band, sometimes you can hide behind when you're not crazy about like a song that you're doing. Sure. Like, they're taking it. But if it's just you and your guitar, you have to sell it. And if you're not crazy yeah. about it, people can tell. Yeah. Yeah. They can tell. And, and yeah, you, you definitely, yeah, you have to, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still, there are songs that I do and I'm thinking, wow, if I had a dollar for every time I played this song in my lifetime, it's, yeah. but, but, but they still, it's a song that works. And so you just find that spot to, to throw it in. And I hope that I'm appearing to have a good time. Cause I usually am. Hey, there's no doubt you're doing three, four nights a week at, sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's nights you just kind of like, uh, I mean, it's, but it's, uh, but I do remind myself there's, I mean, I, what else? I, I, I mean, I'm playing my guitar and performing mm -hmm. for people and it's, it is lucrative. I mean, there's now that's one thing that, you know, if I would ever talk with anybody about getting into the live game, it, it does take a little time to build up those kinds of gigs. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to get out there and be seen. And then the referrals, I don't, I, I rarely, very, very rarely do I knock on a door anymore or pick up the phone. Yeah. Very rarely. It's I, my, I, I'm doing about 120 shows a year. 98% of them are booked ahead there from prior performances or from mm -hmm. referrals or, Hey, I saw you play here. It, so, I mean, I'm blessed. That, I mean, that's amazing. I, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen right away, but you definitely have to, but, but here's the thing. Don't, there's so many people that do go out and play for nothing or I know it's about loving your art and everything else, but yeah, but they really do hurt our, I guess, industry as far as a local perform because we all talk and we all, you know, it's, Pittsburgh's a big, small, a small, big city. <laughs> it so it's like, you know, you run into people and you, so it does, you know, it does hurt yeah. the rest of us when you, if you go out playing for not because you don't, you've never played before. I mean, you still have to, there should be sort of this minimum. And I'm curious about that because I feel like it, to get to where you are, you know, especially with referrals and knowing like, I, I think we were talking yesterday and you were like, oh yeah, there was this, you know, I played this corporate gig and like, it was great. And I played last year and I didn't have to say anything, the gig end. And she was like, well, if I don't see you, I'll see it, you know, here next right. year. It was just like, just like that. Again, you've locked in that corporate gig to play without just, all you had to do was just show up, but do well because you've been able to play play efficiently with your guitar like you, communicate sure a, you know hundreds of different songs with your guitar keep it engaged keep energy do what's required i feel someone that's not you know why guitar skills are very valuable is because in that sort of scenario if you're not that good you're you can't oh, really do gonna, this it, it's gonna it's, be it's gonna be it's gonna be a kind of cringe yeah and, and these these owners or these people that book they they yeah. rely on one of the biggest things is their staff they rely mm -hmm. on a lot, their staff they the face their staff sees all these different acts coming through for different reasons yeah. and they they do give a lot of feedback um i've come to find that's that's a, a big thing um and then like you said selling it to the the audience and the crowd that's there if you're not an am amazing vocalist, I mean, and your voice is the instrument and, and, you know, your chords are, it's, it's almost like you really have to, you'd have to really overcompensate. And I, I don't, I can't name too many of those offhand. Yeah. So it will show if you are not at a level of playing, that's, you don't have to be, you know, elite, but you, you've got to be able to communicate it. And sell it rhythmically you have rhythmically, to be strong oh yeah you, right you better be strong rhythmically at least yeah right so it's like those are the things and like to be able to control dynamically your guitar so the things that you're talking about like oh that feels like a verse that feels like a chorus and not like that feels like one strum pattern and you know it's just like ding 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 yeah. all the way uh, straight through i just thought of something funny I'll, I'll tell you where 
where the real dynamic challenge is. I won't mention the venue, but it's where they put you when they yeah. put you near where the the greeter is, the hostess, whatever they call it, when you're yeah. coming into the place and you're right there and people are trying to talk and yeah, they almost yeah. look annoyed that you're there. Anybody, <laughs> any of my Pittsburgh friends, they'll know exactly where I'm talking about. But it's like one of those things where I actually soften the whole, I, I back off just to not piss them off anymore. Let them do their thing. It's, it's, it's now that's, it's only that kind of venue, but you want to talk yeah. about controlling your dynamics. But I mean, that's also to being, and that's probably what has also made your gigs, you know, lucrative and recurring is because what you're describing too is like another level, which I didn't think, like, I didn't think about that. The idea that the staff is probably communicating because they're constantly having to go around and they're trying to get tips. And if people are annoyed because they're like, I don't like this. Oh, they do. Yeah, they talk. (laughs) They're good. But if they're like, oh, it was engaging. The crowd was great. They ordered more drinks. That was fun. It was awesome. Of course, they're going to be like, they're great. And you being aware spatially too, like, hey, this is where people are coming in. This is their first experience at the restaurant. And if I'm like, you know, no, right. living on yeah. a prayer, just like screaming, <laughs> right. it's just going to be like, oh, but if you are, it's you're, there's so many nuances to this that you have to be aware of. But if you are on top of being good at what you do, to me, this is invaluable, and it's as you said, like this is where it's just reoccurring. Yeah, it's reoccurring. Yeah, it it is. Another thing, I mean, we talk about this uh, as well, just with co-writing everything else. Be somebody good to work with too. Be somebody. Be nice. Be be polite. <laughs> be get you know answer their emails or their calls, you know, as promptly as you can, and just and just be easy to work with. Yeah, kind of like we talk about, uh, uh, you know, submitting songs to briefs. It's like. Do they have to do a bunch of work with the song or is it just ready to go plug and play? Yeah. It's, you know, um, you need to be flexible. Sometimes you'll go to a venue you've played umpteen times and they're like, yeah, we can't put you in that corner. It sounds like they're putting baby in a corner. You can't put them in a corner tonight because we've got something going on over there. So yeah. it's like, we need to put you over here. And he's like, ah, oh, well, you know, that's not where I usually play. And it's like, that's you, not you, you my just, spot. You, that's not my spot. You've got to be flexible. Um, it's pretty rare, but you, but you got to be flexible to yeah. work with the venue too. Uh, in, in this city, it doesn't matter if it's a, uh, if it's a Wednesday night or a Thursday night gig. <clears throat> and um, during the pe- uh, Penguins season, you're not starting until that game's over. I mean, especially uh, hockey playoffs, they usually cancel you typically. But, it, but I do know there's some venues that, yeah, I'm slated to start at like eight or not, but no. Nope. And if it goes into over, if it goes into overtime, they don't even. They're like, I don't care. We'll pay you. You, you may only play an hour, but yeah, you can't play while the game's on. So you got to you got to be flexible. The idea that you're just say reiterating this, and I think this is one of the biggest things, is just like be nice. Yeah, because uh, I think people would rather deal. You know, if I got into this, you know, I'm not the greatest singer. It's like, yeah, I can hold down my guitar, but it's like my strength that I could leverage is just like being polite, being nice, being prompt, yeah, uh, right. not being a pain. And if they go like, hey, we have to put you here. Ah, oh, it's no problem. Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah, that's totally fine. I, you know, the idea that uh, that I would be like, I prefer that spot. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, you're not going to get asked again because they're going to be like, that's not the pain they want to deal with. Right, And it, it just sounds like you've got to hone not only your technical ability in understanding these songs and performing these songs, but you hone in your people skills, your, sure. your, your selling skills, because you have to, they have to, it has to be on. You're selling yourself. Right. You have to sell it to the audience. So it's just like, you have to be very accommodating. Yeah. I mean, like I'm just thinking about um, the other night, the event I did, the woman that hosts this every year, she's been doing it for years. I mean, I'm only one facet of what she's got going on that night. Yeah. So it's, you know, you know, and so it's like, if I'm a pain in her ass, as far as, you know, when I, when yeah. I'm there, it's like, well, the musicians yeah, yeah. here, you know, make way. <laughs> it's like, you need to be as easy to work with because they've got caterers. They've got yeah. you know, all these different. And then the same goes with just even your local bars. It's like, I mean, you know, it's a little more you're a little it's a little more in tune there with the with the owner or the bar manager because it's the kind of place it is, but they they're worrying about 
sales, alcohol sales, food sales, the, the, the staff, the, the, the bartender didn't show up that called off. I mean, you're one facet of their day or their night. They've got 10 other problems. You don't want to be one of them. No, and it's just like, no. that's the, and it's just, you want to think of them as like, when your name comes up, like it's so easy to work with. Like, right. can we just get so-and-so? And to me, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, but I don't live in Pittsburgh. Like, should I move? Because I'm just like, I want to, to me, what's interesting you described, and I feel I see this in lots of cities, especially further, you know, uh, throughout, you know, even where I live, there's certain aspects to Nashville that are like, you know, if we're talking Broadway, that's, that's completely different. But what's interesting, the further south you go in Nashville, where it's like, yeah, the breweries that have popped up, whether it be the wineries that are there, and there's some form of live music that's happening that are just cover songs. I remember I went to a Mexican restaurant and there was just a guy that was, he had his gig and he was gigging and it was no country songs whatsoever. They were just classic rock songs. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I think there it's everywhere. But to me, the things that you're mentioning, you can't just be like, you know, "Eh, I'm not that bad. No, you have to be, you know, you have to know your instrument. You have to know those songs. You have to sell right. it well. You have to be engaged and you have to be aware of, you know, where you're going, what their things are, what they have to work with. You don't want to be a problem. You want to be right. very uh, understanding and not just a pain in the ass. And and sometimes you're going to get double booked. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to there's just it's, yeah. it's it's an outdoor show and it's not rain or shine. I mean, they're, they're just because they're like, listen, I'm not going to have you tonight. No one's going to sit outside. No, I'm not going to sell yeah. any alcohol. I'm not going to sell any food. So, so, and it's, it, you know, it sucks. You, you hate to get, yeah. but it's one of those things where that's just part of that flexibility. Um, you do need to have command of your instrument. And if you don't, let's just, you know, I've got a lot of friends in duos and we, we were just talking about this yesterday. I think, you know, it's that who not how kind of thing where, mm-hmm be the best guitar player you can be, but, but pair up with a vocalist, yeah. um, male or female or vice versa. And it's one of those things where equally as easy as it is in this area right now for solo, the duos are doing very, very well mm. on, you know, um, too. But I think a lot of this stuff is you probably applies in any city. Yeah. You need to st- still have your chops as I used to say, I don't think they say that anymore, but you still have to be able to, yeah. um, to, you know, know your instrument, I don't care if you play piano, guitar, banjo. I mean, you you better be able to communicate with that instrument. <laughs> yeah. And and then and then all of these other little facets being easy to work with and flexibility that all applies anywhere, I think. All right, we need your help because we're creeping up on the 100th episode of this podcast and we're aiming to get a 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. I know that's a that's a pretty brave goal, but I think we can do it because we've got amazing listeners. So if you haven't left us a review yet, take a few moments, talk about your favorite episode, leave us five stars, and then that's it. You've done your part and we appreciate it so much because reviews matter. The algorithm notices it and then recommends this podcast to other people that are like, oh, I've already been listening to a podcast about songwriting, but I'm going to check this one out. So believe me, your review is helping us bring this podcast in front of more listeners. So thanks in advance. Now, if someone is like, let's say they're mid-level of guitar, they're not bad, but when, you know, we're mentioning like, hey, you got to have solid rhythm. You have to have solid things to work on. They're like, oh, what do I do? You know, what is some of your best recommendations too for someone that's looking to better their rhythm so that they can start communicating like, you know, dynamics of the song. And this could also flow into their own craft as well. Not just like the cover aspect, but like, as they're doing that, they realize, oh, this can actually flood into my personal songs. Sure. Oh, no, no doubt. Um, you definitely want to to practice with the metronome. We mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. I'll catch myself practicing. Not to, I'm like, nope, let's throw that on. Let's just see how yeah. this feels because it, that matters when you're playing live because it's noticeable when people are like speeding up. So it's like a bat. If it's like a drummer, that's not really all that great. And they're, speeding up and slowing down yeah. and it's just the song went from a you know 120 bpm to you know to uh 80 that and then it all it's just all back and forth back and forth 
Yeah. That's one of the things that with the coaching that I, um, some of the people that I've met through songwriting mm-hmm. for guitar and that I've, that I've worked with, um, that's, that's where they are. They, but they know one strumming pattern to me there. You're saying there's gotta be versatility in there. There has to be, you know, as parts change, you will bore the audience. <laughs> you're probably end up boring yourself. Do you see people that do that? Where do you see people in a, in a live, like it, maybe you see them, you catch a set of someone and you're immediately like, they're using the same pattern. Yeah. Like the next one is again. Oh my Lord. Yeah. They're I, using oh yeah. It again. No, it's, it's, there are local acts, uh, uh, that we will go to see on nights I'm off or, you know, we, and typically we don't know, we know the ones that we like yeah. and if we can catch them, we do, but we'll, we'll be somewhere sometimes and, and you'll just hear some. And I think, I don't know where the last song ended and where the next song began because it's Ooh. like, yeah, it's the same strumming pattern. It's the same. And then, you know, not, it's not all about vocal, but if you're, yeah. strumming the same way and you're singing everything the same way with the same tail on the end of every word like one sets about it we're good it, it just oh. it's in it i'm you know yeah i'm i'm you and i like we we would be over i don't want to say critical but we we're gonna listen to that like we listen to songs we're listening to well beyond just the lyrics and the word you know and the and the melody i mean we're listening to oh there's in my left ear i've got this going i hear this and i hear that so we're going to be a little more in tune with it where your general guy drinking a Miller Lite probably isn't really. He just knows that like, oh, I'm not crazy about it. He can't put put it to words. And right. then meanwhile, we're like, oh, it's because they're not doing this and they're not doing that. The yeah. Kind of the triggers for an audience to, because most audiences, you know, if we're trying to describe song structure, they're not going to be like, oh, a bridge is this, a da 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 is this. Right. They're just going right. to be like the chorus. Oh, the part I sing along the to. The part I sing the along part to, yeah. That I, I like, know. And the part it's just, I like the, the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, that's the goal of this, is the guide so that the average layperson who doesn't understand, <laughs> right. can, but understands right. it and just, and we can communicate it well, that it does connect. Because if you're not making that connection, it seems like that's, well, you probably won't be playing here again. <laughs> right, right. It's, and even if you're, even if you're background music, if you're bad background music, or if you insist on being louder than you should and it's not that good and and now it's loud, it's just, it's a bad combination. And the thing is, I, again, I'm speaking for Pittsburgh is where I play, but it's one of those things where I would imagine that most venue owners and managers are similar where they're just going to be like, yeah, that just wasn't good last time. They're going to, they're going to remember, and you might get a couple shots to, to yeah. play, but you know they're 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 listening to the feedback too mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah sure. if the sales aren't that good people aren't that crazy the staff was like oh, they were okay they were kind of a dick and, and I didn't that's, like, yeah. that's another very good <laughs> yeah. point though yeah i many times many 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 times you play a place and you're like wow this place is usually packed i played a place last friday that i play often that usually is as they say standing room only. i mean the the, the line at the bar is packed Every table was full last uh, Friday, not typical. It was, it yeah. was a little, and so you're going to have nights where it's maybe not as good, but I don't, I don't fear that the owner's not having me back though. Yo, so okay. yeah. it's like, you know, you'll, you'll have that one guy every now and then big, well, I mean, you didn't really bring anybody, but for the most part, you have enough good nights and you do what you do well enough. Yeah. They want you back. So, so you can, so those nights you've got, you've got wiggle room. You know, if you don't have such a great crowd, they're not basing it on that one night. They're not basing it on a couple bad nights a year. It's yeah. But what's interesting is like, if you, if you back it up with just like still being like solid, right. Still being good and like, cool. There's a couple people here, but I'm still going to do it as if the room was like packed so that they still have a great time. Yeah. That to me is also, that's interesting because I think this is where the technical side where it's just, you still got to be good because then when there's less, it's more noticeable. It's, it's just like more, more, more eyes on it, you. It is. And and another thing is too. Um, and I, I have to remind myself of this sometimes too. You, you never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. You never know who's is in the audience for, for the most, I mean, you don't know who those, that guy is at that table. He may be the CEO of a company or, uh, or, or has some influence on, who they book for their company party oh, yeah. in the summertime. And you don't know who that is, but if you're looking like you just don't want to be there and you're not, and you're not doing well, even though it's a 
a small room or, a, or you know, a sparse room. You, yeah. um, very, very quick story. One of the best stories I heard all year, and I never heard the story before, Rusted Root from Pittsburgh. One of the, mm-hmm. they played a festival many, many, many years ago, and there was nobody. They, they, they tell the story. The guy said, but I mean, nobody there, nobody there. And Cheryl Crow was out walking her dog at this festival, and she heard them. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, they're opening on one of her tours. Like she loved the fact that they looked like they were having so much fun and they're yeah. now, I, 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 I like their music. That's not a genre I've ever been super into, but it's one of those things where I can identify, I can appreciate that story because they were like, well, we can go out there and look pissed because nobody showed up or we can play our asses yeah. off. And, and who, who would have ever thought it was somewhere in New York and she was, she was walking her dog. I mean, that's a pretty extreme circumstance story, but it's like, you don't know who's, who's listening to you. But I, I, this is the other question I get. How did you get into the corporate gig? Because it's one thing doing, re, you know, restaurant and starting to know that area. To me, then the next level, that's a whole other. It's a whole other level. Uh, that's a yeah. whole other level. It's a whole other level. It's a whole other level monetarily as well. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 and that's ideally, I mean, that's those of us who do this a lot. We definitely yeah. always say, you know, we love a lot of our venue owners and bar owners. And there's ones we would probably still do. But if we could do corporate and private events all year long, I mean, that's where it's at. Um so uh, I think it happened many years ago, but w- just, I was playing a place. One of the first ones I remember anyway, was it was a, in uh, North of Pittsburgh, a, a pretty nice place. It was like a, like a wine bar kind of place. And mm-hmm. this guy, similar to what I just said, this guy that owned a small company, a uh, small business, um, you know, maybe hundred employees or something like that, hired me out for their, for like a company function. And then, uh, I mean, that, that's one of the earliest ones I can remember, but it, it does seem to then ripple effect. So then yeah. somebody at that function, I'll tell you where it really happens is at neighborhood parties in these plans with multi, multi-million dollar homes. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, well, I mean, they had Brian, but we have to have an entertainer too. They're always searching for like the big stage in the spotlight. But what you're describing right here is like, that's not where the money is. That's where your ego might be. But right, right. here, this is where the money is. Right, is, right. Is. And many of them will feed yeah. both your ego and your pocket. Many <laughs> they, they do because some of them, I mean, people are having a great time. Yeah. They, they feed you, they, they unlimited this, that, and the next thing. And they, Oh yeah. It's those can be, I mean, those are where it's at. If, yeah. but that took time to get, to get those. Um, uh, it, it took some time, but it did seem to start to happen pretty rapidly, like in year two mm-hmm. and three, um, because then you've got some referrals. You could say, Someone says, "Hey, do you do corporate gigs?" And if you're like, "Yeah, I did this thing for um, for uh, PNC Bank, or what I did this," yeah, and and you just drop a couple names, and then like, "Oh, well, you know, awesome, if, yeah." If BNY Mellon had you, I mean, you're probably then you're good. You're yeah. already you, then right. you're then you're in, right? Yeah. Wow. And to me, yeah, that's just like it's another tier and it's another level of people that are doing it. Where suddenly the pool gets a little smaller. It ain't necessarily big right yeah it it definitely gets a little smaller in that i mean there's a lot there's still quite a few that i know that do it Mm -hmm. but uh yeah not as many and and that's where too as a band now weddings are still great for bands i mean they're still wedding Mm -hmm. bands and um but you know the budget may not be there for a full band Mm -hmm. for these people even though they, they they're spending big money but they're they're you know, they, they may have all the money in the world, but they're still thinking about it as well. Like, okay, well, I'm going to budget so much for music. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, you know, I can't, I don't want to put out four grand for a band. But, but I will. <laughs> uh, but, but I'll put out, you know, yeah. a quarter yeah. of that for one guy, you know, and it's like for one person for a night. Yeah. That's a, a solid night. Where are you going to make? But it's like yeah. there, but so that's where being a, a solo or a duo but again, knowing your instrument and, and and crafting this so that you can perform at those le- and, and, and get those yeah. recurring type of gigs. I love that yeah. because to me that is, again, it still comes back. Like these are all amazing, but it still comes back to you being a solid player, like understanding your instrument and understanding, uh, you know, how to keep it engaging, how to keep it you know, to, to move throughout the song, show the dynamic, show the structure of the sure. song, yeah. but all of that while at the same time singing and engaging mm-hmm. with the audience. So it's like, you have to know that instrument so that your focus can be 
with that audience and not like, oh, wait a minute, I'm coming to B minor seventh. Right. Nice. That's so <laughs> funny you say that chord. Because that's the one we were talking about the other day. And that that one song I do, ah. I I still find myself glancing down at the neck. Because it's a, it's a, in the chord progression in that song, it's a tricky one to go grab, but it makes all the difference. But but yes, 99% of the time, you want to be able to be reading the room and and, yeah. and and not thinking about what you're doing on the neck of the guitar. Because like understanding and mastering your instrument more means you're more engaged. If you're more engaged, that means then you're going to connect more. You connect right. more, you make more money and you get rich. So it's like, it, it has that ripple effect it, because it that's why it matters. Yeah, it does matter. Yeah. Um, sure. And what I love, and that's why we have you as a coach. And if anyone's listening to this and is like, well, you know, I want to, I, I want to start mastering my instrument because this sounds like I'm gigging right now and it's not to where it needs to be. It's not where it needs to be. It's very clunky. I know it is mm. like, you know, I'm not necessarily getting asked if anything, people, it seems like they're rushing me off the stage pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. after I'm done yeah. and the next one comes in or it's just like, I just want to feel, I think understanding your instrument, feeling confident is th that's the key is just because the feeling of it is confidence. It's like, I can't describe where it's just, you know, when you sometimes take it for granted, but understanding your instrument well, that you could play and you can do all those things, those nuances, but you're not overthinking it. You're because you have developed that you've, you spent right, time right. with your instrument. And, and that's not, you know, that's not going to, for most people, it's not going to happen no. overnight, but it's, doesn't it doesn't have to be this years and years either i mean if you're already yeah. playing and you're already performing then you're already you know you're on your way it's just have to um take a look at you know some, some areas that could be improved and that's where like from the coaching standpoint um it seems like most that i've worked with at this point they yeah. definitely are wanting there there is that live performance um facet to it or element to it mm -hmm. where the where they are they are doing it or they want to do it or they're doing open mics yeah. mm -hmm. and they want to know. So, so that's why I love being able to bring to the tables to, to talk about the, the live gigging as well. Yep. And, and using, using the guitar to do so, um, you know, some people, they say, Oh, am I playing every song that I do note for note, technically exactly how that artist did it or that mm -hmm. you can get to where you know your instrument where you're like okay yeah i know that's what he's doing technically but there are ways to play that chord a little differently there's there's things like that but you but that takes time and you have to you know work on that what you're describing there is like there's it's like two sides of the pendulum there's one where people are like super slow and just all over and then there's the other side where they're crippled to make a move because they're like is it exactly how they breathed when they strummed that <laughs> right, chord right it's like right. that's not the important question neither of those are where you want to be you want to be right in the center where it's like you're solid but you have that leeway as you said to also do it your own way especially if you're if you are solo and you are singing because that's we all know there are there are certain picking patterns and things that the lead singer of the band, let's say, that did the song, he's mm -hmm. just singing, and the other guys <laughs> play in this intricate picking pattern. It's yeah. like, okay, so what's a good blend between the two? Something that is going to be recognizable, that is, you know, close, yeah. but it may not be because it's sometimes challenging to sing over. And it, it you know, uh, there's there's certain songs that that take a lot more work than others. So, yeah, you could find that happy medium. And I'm not trying. I'm not saying cheat. I'm saying it's just like, you know it well, and no one even notices that you're not. Well, I think what you're trying to say is like, you think it matters and you think people are like, you know, in the audience are like, oh, I can't believe he didn't do the exact same pattern that uh, in the song. We <laughs> yeah, are yeah, never yeah. coming here yeah, yeah. again. I mean, yeah. But what's going to happen is they're just going to be like, oh, I like this. This was good. They're, they just, it's the experience. And that's what you're trying to enhance with your songs because you are acting of service to enhance the experience of the restaurant, the meal, where they're at, that they enjoy it, that it was great, that it was fun. And to me, the value of what you're giving in these coaching sessions to people are you can't, you can scour YouTube for hints, but you will spend years going down the rabbit hole, right. of trying to figure out and piece together. A you can't you eventually need to rely on someone to help you. And there's a difference between someone that's down the street. That's like, 
cool. I went to school for guitar. That's awesome. Where are you playing right now? Well, you know, how much money do you make with your guitar? Well, you know, if <laughs> you need to be going to someone that's like actively doing it is doing the thing that's a little further ahead that can give you that guidance along the way. And if you're an artist listening to this, getting in front of audiences is the name of the game. If you're so believe me, I do play some of my original material. Mm -hmm. I just pick and choose where in the set or when I do it um, so that it makes sense because if no one's paying attention or if it's not the right atmosphere, it's it, you're not, you're not really getting accomplishing what you, what you hope to accomplish is hey, yeah. they'll start following you. They're, they're, they're jumping online to check out your original music. And that's a good point that it's, it's, it's a bridge to your you essentially. Right. So it's like, you're finding them in a space where it's just like, Oh, they know this song. They like it. They also like you and you're inviting them into your world. So there's not only an opportunity to make money, but also an opportunity to start getting followers, people that enjoy how you sing and they're probably going to love your music. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it might've been when I was having a conversation with Rick Barker, he said something effective. One of the first things I know he always says, and, and you say it many times, yeah. the song, it's got to be a good song. I mean, the song, yeah. it's got to be a good song. But there's a lot of good songs that are still in people's. They say, what are they, "What's that saying?" The, um, the, the graveyard of great songs is endless. Yeah. Right? There's there's songs that were never heard by anybody. Yeah. So it's like, but then beyond that, it's you who they are subscribing to, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's it's you. It's not the song. It's got to be good. But but it's beyond that. The song is just a one time transaction. But like, if you're going to have someone that's gonna stay with you in the journey there, there there has to be something that they're like i really like you like you're right, really right. good at what you're like you know the reason we brought you on is there's lots of people that i know are great at guitar but i don't think they're gonna connect well with people like they could be great at their craft but for me what's the most important thing is do you connect well with people can you look at what they're doing understand where they want to go that you can then take them to where that needs to be. That's ultimately more important than like, it's a plus that you're a great player. I love great players, but I also love great listeners that can see what someone's doing and know, okay, here's where it needs to go. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that can do that well. And I think if someone's listening to this and they're like, listen, I've tried less, you know, I've tried it before. Here's what I'd say. You need someone that will ask the right questions, that will listen. I'm always surprised when people come, you know, with negative experiences of like, mm -hmm. you know, guitars. And I'm like, well, <laughs> right. did they ask you about this, this, this? No. Oh, they just gave you a generic template for the entire thing. And a one size fits all never works. And to me, another level of coaching is understanding where your skill level is, what you're trying to do, and can we create a plan that's going to be effective to get you there? And we'll have these little goal markers along the way so that you know, hey, I'm moving in the right direction. Right, right. Because growth I, is hard to see on your own. It Sure, it, it is. Um, and, you know, working with you on, on production last year, and mm -hmm. it's like, I'm a student of that every day. I, I mean, that's that's something that, but I I feel like now, uh, just going through the different courses that we've done and everything, I feel like I I look at guitar much differently now than I did a couple of years, even a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, more along the lines of, of okay, but what would you do if for the song? What does yeah. the song need? This is this goes more into the writing and the production end of things. Whereas it's like, what's best for the song? What what are you trying to communicate? I mean, we use all these words, but it's like. Um, what, what are you trying to accomplish here with the song? Does that guitar, I mean, the guitar might be so simple, but yet it's so effective. Exactly. We're not trying to complicate it because we can, that's great. We have that ability, right? Does it need it? Probably not. <laughs> like it's, it just requires this, but that's the skill of a great guitarist because they know when to like, I don't need to do this. There's again, that level of confidence that if it's two chords, it's two chords. If it's me just going. Da, 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 da. that's that's what it needs yeah. to be in the the writing aspect and i think that's that's another thing that you you give really well is because the i think the other thing is the methodology of how i view guitar is why i never brought on anyone because like 
it never really, you know, there's some people that I'm like, you're almost there, not there yet. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You get yeah. that idea. And I think you're, you're just very good at relating. So we're going to throw this link where you can book a session with Brian. You can jump in, just kind of chat with him about your goals, what you want to do. And to me, that's the most important. What do you want to do? Because if you've been doing guitar for a while and you haven't thought about this, you haven't asked this question. That's why you're stuck most of the time, because you're not thinking about why are you doing this? You're just caught up in the idea of doing it with right. out taking the time aside to think of the long term. What's the point? What am I trying to do with this thing? Right. That's and that's that's what we do in the first session. Yeah. That's a, that's a complimentary session. Just jump on and just talk about what it is, what you've been doing and what is it that you want to do? Um, I think that's you know. so huge because yeah. like if you can get there. And that, that to me, just that understanding of making that person. And, you know, if you're listening to this to, to have that realization of like, oh, that's actually what I want to do. I thought it was this, but now that I'm doing, no, this is what I want to see happen. Then, then you can just then a, an established framework of what needs to happen technically in terms of a, a specific practice regime that you can get into place so that you don't have to rush and be like, well, let's go to YouTube and let's go palm mute. And then suddenly you see, 25 videos on it and being right. like, well, which one's which this one's from Dale guitar. This one's from Mike guitar. This one's from uh, yeah. Jim guitar. This one's from like Justin guitar. I don't know which guitar. To ch it's so overwhelming. Right. And to me to not have that and know that you're going to meet with someone weekly that has a set plan and is more importantly going to hold you accountable to that plan. That's, that's way more important and going to be way more effective in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh love to see anyone anyone who wants to jump on i like i said it's a free first session we can just talk about where you're at and where you might want to go and um and there's different platforms and and um different programs for uh booking sessions lengths of time mm -hmm. uh, blocks blocks of time that kind of thing and not to reveal it but we've got some pretty cool things coming up this fall too. oh there's some really cool things. i'm really excited we talked about this yesterday and i'm super excited with this um and so you're, you yeah. will find out later, but we're going to throw the link in the description and book a session with Brian. Brian, this was cool. awesome. Thanks for hanging yeah. and talking all things guitar. Thanks, man. I, I love talking to you. I look forward to doing it again. Just as I said in this episode, if you're someone that's done the guitar lesson circuit and it didn't work for you, you had an instructor that didn't understand your goals, didn't even ask you your goals, just handed you a curriculum, or you're someone that scours YouTube and you've been trying to get these bits and pieces and nothing is working, but you want to do this, why not learn directly from Brian? Sign up for that first free session with him. Get in there because he's someone that's going to listen what you're trying to do with it and then craft a plan that's tailored to you so that you can start hitting the marks that you want so that you can start moving in the direction of where you're supposed to be instead of you just dreaming or thinking about it. You know that you're actually taking action. Things are happening. So just scroll down and book your first free session with Brian right now in the description. Because believe me, if you're someone that knows that they can monetize their gigs, but it's just not happening, why not learn from someone that is doing it and doing it well? And that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.